0: Well, in the reading that uh, Carolyn brought to us earlier from the book of Romans, um, we, we heard about the weak and the strong. Uh, and this is a passage that Paul writes in order to try and say to people, look, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how strong or how weak you are or how strong or weak you feel. It doesn't matter about your background. What you have to do is find out what you have in common and come together as one. Now you'll know as well as I do that there are some cultures where to be seen as honorable, the community must have a positive regard for you. And that regard is based on the family that you belong to. If your family's wealthy or powerful, then your tribe are regarded as honorable. On the other hand, You could be born into what they call shame if your family is viewed as shameful, as as in a lower social strata, uh, or as your gender, or you might come from a family of slaves, whatever it is. There is an important point here about family honour. If you are in shame, your honour is not respected. There is no honour for you. So we have to ask, What are our perceptions today of weak and strong? Today's reading aims to show us that honor comes not from being born into the right family, but how we treat each other. The person who fails to forgive another's debt fails to understand the importance of community. There's an example for you. Uh, True success depends on the flourishing of others as much as ourselves. That is true strength. There was an American professor called uh, Garrett Harding who wrote a famous piece called Tragedy of the Commons. I'm not talking about the House of Commons. That could be a very good title but let's leave that alone. Tragedy of the Commons. It's a story of two adjacent farms. One is privately owned and the other is common land. Now the private farm is kept better than the other. Because you see, the private farm owner understands that he has to respect his own land and move his own cattle around to let the grazed patches recover, for example. He's interested in the longevity of his own personal farm. But then there's a common farm that is shared by others. And that's very different because people just want to look after themselves, get their own uh, cattle, their own goats on the land to feed, and do not matter what mess they make of the land. That's all they need to do, and ensure that they and their interests are okay. They just want to add more animals as they see fit, not to worry about what anybody else is doing on that same land. The moral is this, unless we respect what is common, is to be shared for the benefit of all, then we will all suffer when the environment breaks down. Remember, this is the season of creation. Our freedoms are not relentless freedoms to do what we individually want with or without others. You may have seen on uh, television sometimes, programs where people like Hugh Fernley Whittingstall and others um, go go to communities and and they create allotments, They, they, they create a common ground, a common place where they all come and they work for the good of the community around. So they grow fruit and veg, all for the good of those who live around them. They all come together and they share equally what they are doing. It's a a really good concept. And the Bible has so much to say about the importance of community. Scripture said, didn't it? Do not condemn, but look for what you have in common. So let's start at scripture. Let's start by looking at God who is community. Let's look at the trinity, the three in one, that family, that community. It's about a mutual relationship of love and of care. And then God establishes Israel as God's own people and brings them through trial and tribulation to form a new community in a new common land that they will all share together. And then the church is community. You know, Jesus always talks about love for one another. And it's called, and this is an important phrase this morning, one anothering. I haven't made that up. That's a phrase, one anothering. And you see again in in today's readings from, from Romans, biblical command to hold together in community is important. And we do all that we can to protect our life together as the household of God. Romans 15, seven, none of us lives to him or herself alone. So as we focus on the season of creation, let us consider the commons that we share, the oceans, the air, the water, the open spaces. And as we said last week, none of these are owned by us, yet their survival depends on all of us working together. Who cares for our common property? Do we have an interest in places and things that we don't own, I wonder? Do we recognise the importance of common property for the good of community? And where are those local neighbourhood common lands where you live? Those local neighbourhood buildings, those communal spaces? Do you know where they are and what goes on there? Are you part of that? And then importantly, what about our local church, where we are, particularly those of us at Regent Hall. And if you're looking from further afield in your own church or your own core community, what about your buildings? Our building here at Regent Hall, for example, we are working so hard now to bring the building back uh, as a loved and and treasured place, even even in the places that you can't see. Do we care for it properly? Have we kept it clean? Have we loved it as we ought, we touched on this again last week. You must have a love wherever you are for your place of worship. You must have that love in common and prove that love by the way you care for it. It's a spiritual and a theological thing. It's a theology of space and place. What will we do to care more for our site, for our historic site in London? a common site for the good of the wider church, for the good of our wider community? And what about our building within the Oxford Street context, the streetscape, if you like? And then what of our common life together? Are we doing all we can to protect it in these days? Are we doing all we can to empower it, to help it flourish just like Jesus taught us to do? Are we positively connecting together and encouraging and loving one another. Are we positively doing that? Are we life givers within our church family? We have to do as Jesus calls us to do, to one another. So while the New Testament speaks of the church universal, this term one anothering is practiced on the local level very much. Only where people live and have their being can one anothering be practiced truly. And it's in those places where we live in communion together that one anothering is so needed. In the local church, believers must learn to forgive, must learn to forbear, must learn to love truly if they're going to be able to experience the kind of community that Christ intended. Take one anothering out of the life of the church and all hell will literally break loose. In an overpopulated, overgrazed world, this command to love is vital. Let us recognise that for our commons to flourish, we must recognise the essence of what is necessary in order for us to live in spiritual community together, both practically and at the very deepest heart of who we are. And it's all found there in our Bible reading this morning. Our common ground is always the cross of Christ where, as our scripture says, every knee will bend before him and every tongue will confess him in praise. May God bless us all as we work together, as we pray together, as we spiritually come together day by day, even as we are scattered at the moment. We, we have to come together and we simply pray that the Lord will be with us in this spiritual endeavour. God bless you. Be strong by being together. Amen. Amen.